Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFB podcast. This is Jorge Martin, and I'm, today I'm joined by a very, very special invitado de lujo across the continent, over, over the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, you know, since everyone loves a compact, be, you know, we're bringing back mi buen amigo and carnal, Jordan Bohink. Bienvenido, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Jorge. It's great to see you. How's everything going? We're good, baby. We're good. Uh, so you're coming straight out of España. So yes, yes, in Barcelona these days, but managing to uh, you know still stay in touch as much as I can with uh, American football, and uh, it's it's kind of nice. You know, the the games start at 6 p.m. here on a Sunday, so you can kind of get your get your Sunday out of the way, and then you know just kind of get those early games right as you're heading into the evening hours. It's pretty great. Oh man. And, and have you, have you seen many uh, NFL fans out there? Not many. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm working with a lot of international people from all around and, and I've been surprised at how many people I see show up in like a Tennessee Titans hoodie or something to like a, you know, a foot, like a European football game or something like that. So it's, it's been pretty cool. Oh, that's, uh, that's incredible. Now, one of the things I did hear from somebody, um, who's very, very, uh, an, uh, a very entrenched, uh, one of the top analysts in Mexico, he was telling me that uh, in Spain, that, that he's found some really, really crazy uh, leagues where they're all about kickers, all about kickers, all about punters. You know, it's like Johnny Hecker is like a, you know, really? is like a number one, is like a 101 or something like that. It's, you got to find one of those leagues, man. You got to find one of those leagues. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I can't, can't imagine uh, like flipping through and skipping, uh, you know, like moving away from a game while they're in first down just to go like to find the game in fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, 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 that kind of red zone channel. So that's going to yeah. be awesome. The European red zone. I love it. <laughs> yeah, if you, I wonder if there's extra points if you hit a game winning field goal or something like that or you do a corner uh you know a, a kick that ends up that you know going out at the one or some like a punt that goes out of the one yeah you did dead uh dead pit him in the corner and then you get uh you know 50 points or something <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see well you know uh everybody you know jordan and i have played uh you know we met we met through our our uh, our shared time at the dodgers and uh, as, as you guys know, we play in a very, very, uh, competitive league, which we've referenced the last time he was on last year and, uh, it stayed competitive and it's just, it's great. It's great playing with, you know, people who are like, so into it, who do a hundred, uh, mock drafts before the, before draft day. And just, uh, it's so cool. It's so cool. And it's been great. Just, you know, uh, going through all the, uh, the playoff run and the and actually the uh all, all of the fun with super bowl pools and everything like that has been it, you know it's it's almost like you're just down the street again yeah i know it's 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 honestly been such a nice thing to connect me back and, and keep in touch with everybody because uh i thought though i have to say the three the 3 a.m draft was pretty brutal <laughs> and it worked out i think I, I think maybe there was like something it kind of brought me on my game for that day but that way I remember waking up and just kind of bleary eyed, like with people on zoom and, and being like, just couldn't even like get a word out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that this time we could do this year. It'll be more like this time, maybe like noonish. So you, it's kind of like in your evening and uh, you know, with a couple of maybe a big picture of sangria and just be nice and uh, nice and happy in late summer. Yeah, yeah, you, you'd like me, you'd like for me to be drunk uh, with the next one, huh? Yeah. Muy cierto, mi hermano. Muy cierto. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh man. Well, familia, you know, Jordan is an avid, avid, almost like uh, you know, uh, sicko dynasty player. And so, one of the things, you know, we've been talking, and you know, he offered up, hey, you know what? I, I've been looking at film. Let's do a podcast episode. And I said, hey anytime anytime i love his take i love his scouts eye i mean it's just it, it, it's really cool kind of like talking talking uh players with them and so we're gonna do the quarterbacks today and we're gonna start off with a guy he's probably watched more tape of <laughs> uh well it's not even tape it's like live and in person from you know as, you're a clemson tiger so let's start yep. with a guy me and my primos call fabio football sunshine <laughs> from remember the titans uh, trevor lawrence out of clemson 
he's he's expected to be the number one pick in the draft i mean just just i'm gonna let you go i mean because you've watched him as closely as and intently as anybody i i I know go for it i mean what 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 have you seen and the growth patterns yeah it's 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 been a lot of fun to watch this guy play football and it's it all goes back to that really that national championship game against Bama when he's a true freshman and you see some really, really impressive things out of a young, young quarterback. I mean, he's, he's playing Nick Saban's defense, right? Uh, Somebody who is a defense that has normally like befuddled many, many an NFL prospect beforehand. And, and he, and he tore him apart. Now I I would say that in that game, he had some help from his receivers who made amazing catches um, guys who went in the, and became superstars in the NFL or will become superstars in the NFL. But you saw some really advanced understanding of where to put the ball. And that ball placement is something that's continued throughout his career where you're not really seeing maybe, you know, like the, I guess like the classic take is the 50, 50 ball. I'm going to put it up and I'm going to let my guy go get it. And I think there's guys in at the college level who, who they're true 50 fifties. And it's like really kind of a jump ball scenario. And then there's guys like Trevor and, and a couple other guys we'll talk about today who, who know how to put it in a place where really it would only his guy has a chance at getting it. It's, it's going to have, it's going to take a good, a good play on the part of the receiver, but, but he's capable of doing that. And what you've seen over time here is I I went from, I saw Trevor go from like a true pocket passer to now that he gotten bulked up and he's kind of matured as a, as a player, they really like to use him a lot in um, you know, option scenarios, quarterback keepers, like the RPO kind of thing, which I'm honestly not a huge fan of moving into the NFL. I hope he doesn't like whoever, well, we know Jacksonville is going to take him or we think anyway. Um, but I, I would like to see them stay away from that because I don't want to see a guy take 200 unnecessary hits at the NFL level um, when he doesn't need to do that to succeed. Um, but you will notice that he is an exceptional runner and he, you go back to that Ohio state game, um, two years ago when he made that incredible 80 yard run. And you're just, I was thinking about the other day and I was like, I can't think of a quarterback. You you didn't see, I don't think I saw Lamar Jackson make that a run like that in college. I don't think I saw Vince young make that kind of run where he goes the entire length of the field. And he's not supposed to be a fast guy. He's just long strider. And I think he's going to be super successful in the NFL because of his ability to work outside of the pocket, the ability to know when to tuck it, make, make, uh, make runs with his legs to pick up first downs. But I've also am super impressed at just like a little bit of that backyard football element. And we'll talk about another player here in a little bit where I'll, I'll, I'll kind of make this comparison, but there was a, a game in the, when he played Notre Dame, when Lawrence played Notre Dame, um, there was a play, I believe he was rolling out to his left. The play kind of breaks down and he, but he kept his eyes downfield and he was able to see one of his guys kind of breaking down toward the sideline. And he just has the awareness to throw it and not only throw it to that guy, but throw it ahead of him into space to where now that, that player can catch the ball and run with it. And it's just, it's just exceptional. Um, and, and, and it's not something that you see done a lot at the college level. He can make all the throws he's got, he's like, you guys call him the Fabio football, but he's, he's basically Thor, you know, he is, he is, he is the prototypical size and he does it all. And I'll add that one of the things that is super impressive about him and that we've seen each year that he's led this team in, in college is he's incredibly poised and he says all the right things. And this is something I complimented Joe Burrow about last year when we, mm. when we talked about this, but it's, it's truly important. I think at the NFL level, if you're going to have a franchise quarterback, a guy that knows it's about the team and manages to say the right things and manages to have a keep, keep a cool head on his shoulders. And I think those are all things that Trevor does and all things that help him to help contribute to him uh, being able to win games week after week. You know, that's incredible that you're pointing that out because he was one of the players, number one, who was really out in front of, we want to play when everybody looked like that. He was, if they, if he wasn't so far in front, he knew his, he knew his platform, but he didn't abuse it. And he, Mm -hmm. he used it because he knew that this was going to raise up. Not, he didn't need to play. 
last year mm-hmm. to be to be the number one pick. We all knew he was going to be the number one pick in the draft, but right. he wanted to be able to to do that. He knew what it meant to Clemson as uh, as a university from uh, you know from the TV money and everything like that. But I think it also he knew what it meant for his for his teammates and also other players in, in college football. He was also really out front with, with the Black Lives Matter movement last year uh, from a college football standpoint and wanting to be you know a player who wa- who wanted his his teammates his brothers uh, to be out there to to be able to. Uh, not 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 be experiencing so many so many so much so much of the negativity that that has happened throughout their lives. So, I think it's just I think the 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 Jacksonville Jaguars, if they do take him, which everything it looks like when you saw the pro day with with Urban Meyer standing right next to uh, right next to Dabo Sweeney the whole time, like he's you know all, all, uh, working, but. I think they're getting not just a special talent, a, a great, per- I've heard interviews with him and he's just a great person. And uh, I, I love that you, you talked about the, uh, the, the long striding that, that 80 yard run against Ohio state and, you know, back uh, not, not last season, but the season before. But um, I think one of the things that really struck me was that uh, he didn't often take a big hit. So mm-hmm. that was impressive. There was one, there was one hit. I, I forget. I couldn't see who it was they were playing. I think it might've been yeah. TC, TCU. Um, was, was that purple type of helmet. Uh, he took a hit on his right shoulder. Uh, he popped back up, but I'm like, okay, I never want to see him taking that hit from, <laughs> from like right. Tyron Matthew or something like that. Cause he was in the secondary. Uh, I never want to see him taking that hit. But the other thing that was really impressive to me, and I think, uh, you know, pro football focus was talking about the fact that this was probably the, 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 for skill players, this was the lowest ranked group of skill players that he had in his three years as a starter. He yeah. was, he, he was hitting players that were, I mean, he was hitting guys in stride. They were not having to break stride or having to come back mm-hmm. for the ball at all like that. That to me just shows incredible, uh, you know, incredible timing, incredible, you know, just vision and being able and, and being able to hit those guys in stride is just, I, I think it's just a special talent. And I think he's got, uh, he, he's a guy that I, I think a lot of people are really going to be looking at him. I don't know if they're in, in fantasy drafts, definitely in dynasty where, I mean, so if you're, is he your number one pick? If you've got the number one pick in, are, are you picking him over running backs in, in the dynasty draft? Um, I absolutely am. And I, anecdotally, I, I traded the third and fourth pick and my second round, my first second round pick, so I could go get Lawrence. So yes, I, I, I'm definitely taking him number one. I paid a pretty penny for him. Uh, now, like, trust me, there were there were thoughts had about maybe I just I just take ETN and I'm just happy with my my other Clemson guy. But at the end of the day, needed a quarterback, and this is about as can't miss as you can get. Um, and and honestly, I think I think the situation in Jacksonville is not that bad. I mean, I, I've seen as far as number, situations that number one picks have walked into. Um, the O-line needs some help. I think they're ranked 22nd uh, by mm-hmm. pro football focus and, and the tackles were the big, were a big issue, which is not what I want to see with my, with my rookie quarterback. But as far as weapons, he's got plenty. I mean, we were just talking before the show about James Robinson, who I actually saw make some amazing catches out of the backfield down the stretch of the season. Um, so he's a, he's a threat. You have Chark on one side. You, they just signed Marvin Jones, who's been effective um, for Detroit in the in the time that Kenny Galladay's been out, and he brings that veterancy. And then you have, uh, and then you also have Lavisca uh, Chenault, who was um, who was a guy who has all the size. I was really impressed with how another long strider, a guy who can get down the field in a big way, and apparently he was. Um, graded out higher last year than Jerry Judy, who you, who, you know, I love me some mm-hmm. Jerry Judy. Um, and also apparently was second in the NFL and contested catch rate um, by according to pro football focus. So he's got a lot of weapons to work with, like much more than if he went to the New York jets, for example. Um, I, I, I like Jacksonville. I think it kind of keeps him close to home, close to his base, uh, which is really nice. And I, I think he can be, I can think he can be extremely successful from the get-go. Now, in a redraft league, am I drafting Trevor Lawrence? 
yeah, maybe if it's like with my last pick is like a second backup quarterback, if I have a stud already in line, uh, you know, it could be, it could be great trade bait or it could be something like that. But I'll, I'll also add that in, in fantasy leagues, we've seen how, how productive running quarterbacks are. And I expect him to be a guy that carries it three, four, five times a game for like a total of, of 80, 70, 80 in that range. Mm-hmm. And I expect him to, to get the ball on the goal line the same way Josh Allen has in, in Buffalo. And I expect him to put up decent rushing yards uh, to go with it. So for example, my dynasty league, it's not uh, it's not point per reception. It's point for, per first down. So a running quarterback who could pick up that first down with his legs is extremely valuable. Right. So I, I think he's got value in a lot of different formats that where you're drafting him in a redraft league is, is probably later on. Um, but he's got, he's got the upside. He's probably going to be starting from day one. So it's, it's not a, it's not a bad guy to take a shot on. I think he, I, I think he's the only one who's guaranteed to start on day one. Uh, maybe one of the guys, maybe the guy we'll talk about next uh, is, is going to have a really good chance of starting on day one. But uh, I, I look at him. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's tough is I feel like people are going to expect what Justin Herbert did last year out of him. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that'll be a little bit unfair, uh, but you know, but Hey, you know what? Uh, the crown can be heavy sometimes. So when you're going to be the one Oh one, the expectations, but I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be fun. I think he's got, he's got the weapons and uh, I'd love to, you're right. I'd love to see the line because I was really worried about Joe Burrow a lot last year because of the mm-hmm. line. And, you know, we saw how that, that kind of played out and, you know, there's, I know there's some worry about him starting the season on time just because of when it happened. But uh, right. yeah, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see Lawrence become one of the faces of the NFL. I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be special. And, and I love that you were talking about the offensive line. I mean, it's just uh, that they really want to make sure they want to put a fortress around him. That's I, I want to yeah. see that. Um, yeah. Well, let, so uh, one guy, let's, let's go to Zach Wilson now. I mean, he okay. kind of, he, here's a guy who had to fight for his job last year. A year ago, he was told where it's an open competition, even though he was the incumbent starter coming off shoulder surgery, coming off a hand injury. And he just blew up, had a, a marvelous season. And uh, Trent Dilfer, there was a lot of Aaron Rodgers talk around him out here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just kind of was like, I, I, I always hated seeing that. It's just like, you know, you always, you always hear, you know, in basketball players, people compared to Michael Jordan or, you know, and, and, yeah. you, and, and you, you heard Mike Trout, everybody was compared to Willie Mays or Hank Aaron. And it's just like, and, and it's like, well, Mike Trout's living up to it, but Aaron Rodgers is 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 a high bar because he's still elite now he's the reigning mvp but trent dilfer the other day pointed out jeff garcia and before this mm-hmm. I, I was looking at some film on on zach wilson and i kind of saw a little bit of that i i uh, mm-hmm. trent dilfer is someone i really really uh respect but uh i mean you know he's he really blew up he's looking like he may be the presumptive number two pick in in the draft the the jets are sitting on there chris sims loves him rated him higher than trevor lawrence so i i know you're not i know you uh went off of uh chris sims twitter page because of that but (laughs) tell me tell me what what uh what are the things that you like about zach yeah i mean uh he there, there's reasons that these he's risen up draft boards so quickly. And I actually really liked the Jeff Garcia comp because I was, I was struggling with that one. Like who does this guy remind me of in a big way um, as well? Cause what you see is an absolutely um, like lethal release. He's, he's so fast at getting the ball out of his hands that it's, it's one of the things that we talk about all the time in the NFL and that people you'll they'll put the clock on, they'll put the stopwatch on is how fast you get the ball out. And, and from the moment that he sees the guy and decides to throw and, and actually gets the ball out, what is that time? And, and I think he's by far got the quickest release in the class. Um, and he, and he does it and he throws with a lot of like a really good feel and a really good rhythm. Like he's got a strong base while he's sitting in the pocket, you know, he get, receives the ball. He immediately like has active feet. He's not, you know, he's not, like lethargic by any means. And then he's, his decision-making is exceptional. Now, I think one of the, 
one of the things that will get knocked against Wilson, as many people will, will call out, is, is the strength of his competition. And and I also kind of want to bring back an argument that that came back from like way back in speaking of Aaron Rodgers, the Alex Smith days, where he was tearing people up at Utah in this spread concept and this open, this open concept where my, my knock against Wilson is more so on the kind of throws he was making with regularity and, and how seemingly simple and just like pitch and catch it was um, where I didn't see a lot of the things that I see um, for example, um, Trevor or Justin Fields do with the throws outside the hashes um, to the, the comeback routes to a lot of the deep throws um, that you want to see attacking the seams and things like that. I saw a lot of, for example, in, the, in, in some of their, their quote unquote bigger competition matches, I saw a lot of wide open drags where it just seemed like they put four or five receivers on the field, kind of ran two guys across and two guys deep. And then someone was bound to be open and Wilson found him, hit him in stride. And, and then it was like, they're getting, picking up 15 yards on a, on a, on a ball that traveled three or four. Um, so I would, I would like to see more of those NFL throws for me to get super, super excited about Wilson, but the accuracy is there. You, you almost never in watching his games, you almost never saw multiple incompletions in a row. Like he's, he's a, I think that's going to be huge in the NFL where so much of it is, can we start building a rhythm on offense? You know, can, if you go out there and you're a new quarterback and you're, you're firing and you're missing and just, you never get anything going. That's where the offenses stagnate, right? So being able to go out there, take what the defense gives you, pick up some, pick up some yards, complete balls, make people start getting tired and start thinking about all the different places you can put the ball. That's that's when things open up and you can have a lot of success. One of the other things that I love about Wilson is his athleticism Mm -hmm. Uh, within a class filled with guys who are extremely athletic he holds his own in that category and he does, he, at least he, you know, people will make the Mahomes comparisons because every once in a while he'll throw a sidearm in there or he'll do some really creative stuff with the, with the way that he delivers the ball that not everybody can do. And so I, I think Wilson brings a lot to the table from um, a pure thrower standpoint and the tools that he has again, I like the quick release. I just can't understate how important that is in the NFL and, and how well that will serve him. Um, but uh, I do think that there are some things that kind of are question marks for me, but I do think that, for example, recent news, 49ers traded to number three. Yep. Um, if they were to be so lucky that Wilson were there at number three, if he ends up with a guy like Kyle Shanahan in a West coast offense that is built on the idea of let me get that guy running three free at four or five yards and then run. Um, I think he can, he can absolutely be a, be a starter from day one and be successful. Oh yeah. I think about that. I mean, I think about the receivers, Brandon, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, just hitting exactly. them in strive or George Kittle, just right down the middle, just make, making plays and, you know, get with the, be a yak monster. I and mean, I think it'd be, uh, I think he'd be in, incredible in that offense. Uh, but if he does go to the jets now, there are, you know, the, these are disciples of the Kyle Shanahan offense who are, mm-hmm. who are now running That's the true. jets. So, you know, it's, it's a uh, Michael LaFleur uh, as the offensive coordinator, former quarterback coach for the, for the 49ers. If you look, you look at that, that, that guy maybe kind of taking that, the, uh, I, the only, to me, the one thing that's a little bit of a worry is the fact that the 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 Jets? I, I don't love their weapons. Corey Davis signed there. I, I see him as a number two guy. I don't see him as an alpha dog. Same thing with Jamison Crowder. He's that he's that slot guy. I like Denzel Mims a lot, but I just mm-hmm. I you know I think he needs to take a big step forward before he be his athleticism and his length and his uh, both size and arms uh, is 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 really prototypical. Uh, but I just, I, I don't see that, 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 that alpha dog, that guy who's going to, that guy, I mean, I could see, I mean, the 49ers have Kittle. He is that guy. Ayuk and Debo Samuel can take turns being that guy on week to week. I don't see that with the Jets. That to me is the, um, the concern. Also, they need to work on their line a little bit more. So that 
that that's uh, the Jets need so much help, but they have a lot of picks to to work on that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him being kind of a, a sure thing for the Jets. And I'm not so I think it's a coin flip um, and we'll we'll, we'll we'll that'll be a little bit clear when we get to the next guy here. But uh, bottom line, I think for Zach is, is he's got uh, he's really impressive. He's he's he is athletic. He he has the right tools to succeed in the NFL. Um, I, I changed the way that I grade quarterbacks and, and most of my positions this year, just to try and fine tune it and always improve. And I will say he rated out better than where I had Tua last year. Um, he's still a tier kind of below the guys like Burrow and, and Lawrence, but I think he's still a really, really strong prospect. And, and like I said, I, I can't understate, um, those throwing tools, the quick release and his ability to just get the ball out. Um, is super super important in the NFL. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I I'm I'm excited to see him. Uh, I think he'll have some bumps the the first year, mm-hmm. but I think I, I you know just stay healthy and have have himself a career. And I, I I'm I'm looking forward to him. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned that thing about Tua. That that's uh, that that to me to kind of like have that where, where that mindset is and where, you know, kind of projection that's, uh, that's kind of cool though. I'm still holding out hope that two is going to be good this year. So fingers crossed, <laughs> fingers crossed. Well, let, uh, let's go to the, our, our next guy, Justin Fields. Uh, he, he, you know, he's been compared to Cam Newton with a stronger arm and better accuracy uh, out here. And uh, ha, you know, he had some massive games. He had some, some clunker games you know, what are, what are some of the things that I know there's a lot of things that you like about him, even though he uh, uh, had a big game against uh, your tigers uh, in the semifinals. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'll say just off the bat, there's a lot to like about what Justin Fields does on a football field. Um, So kind of, kind of the opposite of, of what I mentioned about the weakness for, for Wilson, I think is one of the strengths when I look at Fields tape is, I see a lot of throws outside the hashes. He gets it there, maybe not the strongest arm in the class, but he gets it there with, with some zip and some velocity. Um, he, he, he seems to know where to, how to work those sidelines really well. He throws a, maybe the prettiest ball in the class when he's able to step, sit in the pocket, step up, and he really like unleashes one of these deep balls. He's lethal. He's just lethal. And it's, it's, it's super, super fun to watch. I think he's uh, one of the best in the class when it comes to moving within the pocket. He seems to have that sixth sense that quarterbacks need of, hey, you know, the, the, my, my left tackles might maybe getting beat a little bit or I can kind of feel, feel some bodies coming up on my, on my backside. I'm going to slide to the right in this pocket, buy some more time, keep my eyes downfield or wait for this guy to get open and kind of make his break. He does that really, really well. Maybe, maybe the best in the class when it comes to just moving around and, and navigating the pocket. Um, and I'll also add, he 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 has a knack for for pulling the ball down and then you know splitting uh, splitting the guards and just going right through that a gap and, and picking up big big yards with his feet. Um, he makes he makes throws on the run look easy. Is one of the other things I wrote down here. I mean. Uh, I, talk about we talked about west coast offense before and and in some of the fits but like if you can get him in a play action rollout scheme i mean like how much how often did the rams do that with jared goff and this guy would would make it way way better (laughs) he's just he's just so good at throwing on the run and um and and that leads to like from a fantasy standpoint talking again about being affected with your feet he, he not only gets outside the pocket and can make those throws, but he's just as much a threat to pull that ball down. And so if you're a linebacker or you're a safety and you're kind of, you know, rolling out with him, trying to read his eyes, like chances are you're going to get beat because when, once you commit one way, he's going to, he's going to do the other thing. And, and he's going to, he's going to probably pick up that, that yardage that he needs. Um, I noticed now I, I always try and like really, really put a scout side on these things and try and look for where's the quarterback looking and, and what defense I'll even sometimes just get into like, Hey, what defense is this? Um, if they do, they have six men in the box. Are they sending guys? What, what, what should be the read here? And I noticed that the fields is really, really good at eating up man coverage. And, and it seems now I think this is, this is a double-edged sword though. And I'll get into that in a minute, but it seems that, he is, is is so good at making the throws and he's one of those guys that's like if i have a guy one on one 
I know at some point, if I stick with this guy, I'm going to find my window where I can put the ball and I'm going to get that ball to him. Like, like he's not afraid to make, to wait it out. And whether it's, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to put it over the top once he gets behind you, or I'm going to wait for him to break back, or I'm going to wait for him to break the sideline. He's just, he just seems to be so good. And he uses head fakes in order to open some of those things up. But on the flip side of that, when I noticed, I watched, you mentioned some of the bad games he had. And, and when he, the, the Indiana game, I noticed they were dropping into a lot of zone at the beginning mm. and I, and he struggled with that. People read his eyes and it almost seems like, I feel like sometimes he, he makes that first read and he's, he knows if he sticks with it and just locks onto that guy at some point, his arm talent is so good that he will find a way to get that ball in there. But what I am worried about is he's not darting around the field, scanning, finding, the open guy. I think a lot of his, his plays at OSU were, I'm going to receive the ball from the, the center. I'm looking left or I'm looking right. I have my read, especially if it's man coverage and I'm going to wait for that. So I'll hit the slant. If it's, if that's my first look and he'll hit that every time to a guy like Olave. Um, or it may be, it's a, it's a, it's a wait and go where he pumps and then he's just going to drop it over the top of you. And he's so good. He's so good at throwing the ball that he's going to be able to do that. I'm, I'm wondering if, if maybe he, he doesn't have quite as much experience with the zone and, and that's where he struggled in college. And maybe that's something that deep defensive coordinators will look to exploit in the NFL. Oh, that's, I love that you went that, that deep because maybe that's, that, that was the thing. I did notice that a lot of times his big throws were on the first read. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, and, and the thing is those, there's going to be times where either he's got a really small window with that first read in the NFL, or is he, you know, or he's going to have to, you know, look to his second guy or his third guy or something like that and use his feet Mm -hmm. to kind of buy some time. No, that's, that's incredible. As a, how about as for the, for the running ability, he does have, you know, Mm -hmm. exceptional running ability. Um, He had a couple, a couple of runs where, you know, he went into, he went in for the hit that I'm not going to want to see. And we're going to talk about that a lot with the next guy, but um you know, with the running ability, tell me, you know, everybody talks about that Konami code uh, in, in fantasy football. Is, is this a guy, I mean, let's say, you know, we were talking about Zach Wilson of the 49ers. Let's put Justin Fields on the 49ers. Yeah. Can you, can you, what, what can you uh, see there? That, that, I, can, be, I mean, that can be scary. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, he, he places the ball so well. I think he, I think I might've egg and graded him higher than Lawrence uh, when it comes to the, the placement. Uh, so when you have guys running free and he's going to be able to hit them in stride or lead them. Uh, we talked about the rollout ability, the ability to get outside the pocket and, and take advantage of some of those um, really just take advantage of his legs and just make sure that as a defensive coordinator, you got to have a, a spy on him. And now all, all of a sudden you have one less guy that's in coverage. And now you have, now you have that man uh, situation on the outside with guys like IU guys like Debo that you mentioned guys like uh, Kittle. So I think, I think that could be really, really powerful. I think the one thing I would, I would um, that you see pop up every now and then, I think uh, there's some concern. Maybe he was hurt for the, the national championship game. He's a, he's a big guy at 6'3", 220. Um, he seems a little wiry, you know, like he seems like very, I, I'd like, I, I'd be happier two years from now to see him um, after an NFL weight program. Uh, mm. Just cause I don't, I, I feel like there's a few times he just got absolutely, absolutely laid out. And actually before I, before I forget, you mentioned um, that when you mentioned the running ability, one of the, one of the pieces of tape I watched today was his first game against uh, Nebraska. And there was this, this play that they ran. I think it was Alave on the right side in the slot. And they, it was, it was in the red zone and they were clearly trying to get the ball to Olave uh, on like a double move. And he locked onto him. And then when he saw that they had done everything right, the defense did, and they had basically three guys dropped into coverage and kind of bracketed him and whatnot he just immediately took off and he ended up scoring a score kind of broke up the middle, ended up taking it to the pylon, scored a touchdown from like 20 yards out. And I, I just think 
that's going to be really hard to defend in the NFL. And I, I know that, that I know that play that you're talking about, he did a little pirouette right at the end and the defender yep. missed him. Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was just so instinctual and such a beautiful play. It was one of my favorite plays that I, that, that I watched of on, on his tape because it was, it was, it, it was athletic. It was instinctual and it was, and it was gritty because, you know, and, and it was smart. He did not take, you know, don't take the hit. Live to play, live to play another day. Now you had you you have him pretty highly ranked on your uh, you know you, you've got your Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah. Tell me, give me tell me about those rankings. Yeah, so I've got um so like yeah, bottom line with him is you know I I, I have T Law number one, um, I have Fields number two, and and just this these these ratings end up coming out out of seven. T Law's around a six point three, and then um, and then. Fields is coming in around a 6.1 uh, and Burrow was 6.2 uh, and, and, and right around there. Wow. So if you now we'll see how these rankings stand up over the test of time, but that's kind of where I put, put him. It's, it's hard to find trust. I mean, I had to look to try and find things because he's making it look easy out there. And I, and I'll say that um, I, I would not be surprised if these three guys that we talked about already go one, two, three, in the NFL draft. And I'm not sure if that's ever happened before in the NFL where you've had three, three quarterbacks back to back to back. No, that, that would be, it's never happened. I've seen one, two, but it's, it's never been all the way to three. And, uh, and who knows, because the, the the Falcons at number four are talking about holding on to Matt Ryan and either they, they've got their pick of, of the players to get to at, at number four, or they trade down. And then somebody who really wants a quarterback goes to number four is that'd be, uh, that, that would just, uh, I know the NFL would love that. Their ratings would go crazy. So, yeah. but well, speaking of number four, uh, there's a guy that's got a lot of, uh, that's getting a lot of attention. Trey Lance out of North Dakota state played only one game last year, played only set, started just 17 games in his career, obviously won a national championship in the, in the FCS. Uh, I, I, in looking at film, I saw a young Steve McNair. And it mm. just, it, it just, the, the running style, the, the Steve McNair was not afraid of running into contact, bigger, you know, kind of a bigger guy, big arm, uh, but definitely an athlete playing, playing the quarterback position. Um, you know, it, it, but he only threw 318 collegiate passes that, uh, you know, and, and there's definitely some work that needs to happen to get him to that point. What, what are, what are your, you know, for me, I, I'm going to talk about my concerns later, but I want to know what are your, yeah. uh, what you like, what are your concerns on this guy? Cause there, he is very, he can be polarizing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, there's been a trend in the NFL of, of these small you know, school, like SCS quarterbacks with guys like Carson Wentz, Josh Allen, who, who, you know, there's, I think they're always kind of, kind of like, split the room a little bit when it comes to do people see them as succeeding. Um, but I, what, what, what Trey is, is uh, he's a physical specimen. Uh, if more so than, than Justin Fields reminding me of Cam Newton, this guy probably reminds me of Cam Newton. And I think some offensive coordinators are really excited about the prospect of getting them on his, uh, on their team. He has, uh, I think he's got the strongest arm in the class. I, I watched that one game he played this year and it was awful. I mean, it was, it was so bad. He was trying to, he was trying to throw. It just seemed like he hadn't thrown the ball in a while. And it, it, it was, it was, it was not very impressive, but so I, I got curious and I went back to his freshman year and when the guy steps into a throw, he could sling it. He can just gun the ball. And, and by, I think he's, I think he's got the strongest arm in the class from, but the, the problem with, with him, as I see it is I don't, I don't think he's like a, a quarterback prospect almost. I, I think he's almost like one of those guys that, that should be playing, go and convert to wide receiver or tight end or something like that. Like Logan Thomas did, because when you, when you watch the tape, he, I, I watch these games and that are, you know, 10, 12, 13 minute long reels. And I would, I would be watching running plays for, for 10 minutes, <laughs> yeah. watch him tuck, tuck and run. Um, there was, there was, and there was one game that really, this kind of like clicked for me. It was his, freshman year, the championship game against James Madison. Hmm. Um, I'll send you the link. So you have it. Um, no, I was looking at it. There's a, oh, okay. Okay. Perfect. And, and the, in the second quarter, just for the, the viewers at home or listeners at home who can't see it, 
Um, second quarter, he's sitting in the pocket and, and he takes off and, and he makes a good, he gets five, six, seven yards, something like that. It was, it was a good play. And they show, they show, but they show a replay from that back behind the, 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 the offense overhead cam. And you see two wide open receivers running down the seams and it's, and, and you're just kind of thinking like, did he not see them? Or did he, you know, like, I, I, I promise you that Jorge or I could have at least had a 50-50 shot of getting the ball to them on this one. Like it was, it, and they were like 20 or 30 yards downfield. And I just was like, I don't think this guy likes to throw the ball. That's, that, that's, that's my take on Trey Lance. I don't know how to grade him because I just, I, he doesn't throw the ball that much. I think this, he's a guy that you dream on. I think he's a guy that that offensive coordinators and and offensive minded head football coach head coaches look at him and be like, oh, I'm gonna mold him into yeah. Josh Allen. You know, they 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 look yeah. at him and they're like, you know, oh, he's better than Josh Allen was at the you know this point three years ago or something like that. Maybe that's true, but you know what? And, and especially looking at that James Madison one there were times where he was looking to, he, he did, he was looking to run before he even looked for a receiver. Right. And, and I just thought, I, I don't, I don't love that. I want to see, I, I, I want to see that big arm uh, mm-hmm. come, you know, kind of, kind of unleashed and, t- and take a shot. Maybe he didn't have, may, maybe it'll be different when he's got NFL receivers who are out there making plays for him where he's got that big yeah. time talent to match the big time arm. But, I, I didn't like seeing seeing him just taking off and running with or like just one hint of pressure and he's gone. And Steve Young kind of had that a little bit early in his career. And and as he said, he kind of had to work that out of himself before he became that guy in San Francisco. But um I think it's I think I think he's a guy to be successful. I think he's got to go somewhere and kind of like learn it's at the at the hand of somebody else for maybe for a year, but I don't, I think if you spend, if you spend a top 10 pick on a quarterback, you want to see him playing that first year. And that, and that's, I don't know if that, that'll be good for him. The other thing I don't like uh, that my, my big, for me, my big concern isn't the the arm because I, I think, I think uh, if Josh, Josh Allen was not good his first couple of years from throwing the ball. Mm -hmm. And he just became a stud this year. And so I think you can grow into it with good coaching. To me, the thing that worries me is he was looking for contact when he ran. And to me, that that's one thing when you're doing it against FCS players, fine, you know, one double A players, none of those guys are going to be in the NFL. You do that when you got on the other side of the ball, you got Aaron Donald, you got Khalil Mack, you got those guys, and you're looking to get hit by, by those guys. That's not going to be, I don't think that's going to be good for you. So I, I want like, to me, the big difference between him and Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson is much faster, but he's, he's elusive. And he, he, I would hardly ever see him take a big hit. He gets out of bounds and or he just or or he slides i didn't see i didn't see uh, trey lance slide once and that just to me is a big concern uh for looking ahead i mean i don't i don't ever want to project for injuries but that worries me just you take one it all it takes is one bad hit and it could give him a concussion or it you know it could lead to it lead to an injury and that's just that's my that's my big concern with him yeah definitely i mean you and, and let's 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 back off and, and look at uh from my dynasty standpoint for example like if i'm going to invest a high pick mm-hmm. on a quarterback i want the guy who's got the 15 20 year potential but i like i i look at for example cam newton's career and as fantastic as it has been at times he's a guy who had that same thing they used him as a battering ram he took a ton of hits he, he eventually took a toll either on his shoulder or concussions or something like that and, and now he's, you know, QB 16 or 18 in a lot of right. leagues, you know? Um, so I, when it comes to me building a dynasty or anyone out there who wants to build a dynasty, you gotta be, you gotta be a little concerned or knock, knock Trey Lance a little bit. Um, just, just if he's going to go out and try and play that style of football, he's not going to last 15, 20 into, into his late thirties. He's going to be a guy who's, 
who last maybe through his twenties and is, has a lot of injury problems within that. And, and, and that's not, that's not efficiency with your picks in my opinion. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, you know, still love the raw athleticism still, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's, that's phenomenal. And I think the fact that he didn't throw an interception, his, uh, his one complete year, but I I'd like to see, uh, I- I'd like to see him go somewhere where he doesn't have to be the man right away. And uh, I don't know if the, you know, maybe Carolina that can happen where Teddy Bridgewater could be kind of like that bridge guy, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term, but um uh, so we'll almost have it. Almost have it. The next guy, I'm really intrigued on what you what, what you let think. Me, let oh, me give you oh. really, really quick. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, really quick. I just I I just had this thought as you were talking about it. Hot take for for a landing spot for Trey Lance is Seattle Seahawks. But after all the Russell Wilson trade Ooh. rumors and everything like that, put him behind Russell for a couple of years, then see what happens. You know, wow. That's, I, I think that'd be fun wow can you imagine i mean if trey lance would be for for russell wilson what jordan love was for aaron Rodgers, <laughs> look out that wow you blew exactly. my mind you blew my mind puppy oh that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh that's beautiful that's beautiful um whew, okay uh i gotta regroup now uh all right uh the the national champ mac jones He's 6'3", 214, just a phenomenal season, very very reminiscent of Joe Burrow. Both of them had first-round mm-hmm. talent all over the place uh, that they were throwing to 77% completion rate, 41 to 4 TD to INT ratio. Uh, you know, there are people who are lo- knocking him, yeah. talking about the talent around him. Uh, I look at him, he's got decent arm, kind of looks like Kirk Cousins. I saw Derek Carr, PFF uh, compared him to Derek Carr. Um, I, you, you've got, there's a lot to like about him. Tell me, tell me what you, what, what you think on uh, Mac Jones? Yeah. And, and, you know, we were, we were talking before the show about this one a little bit. I, I, I wasn't super high on Mac. And then I, in preparation for this conversation, I went back and I, and I rewatched, uh, you know, Georgia, his, um, a few of his other uh, Florida game and things like that. And I was honestly, I walked away really impressed because uh, he, he, runs a lot of different looks. They ask him to do a lot, um, whether it is, you know, with the play action, uh, from a playbook standpoint, he, he has a lot on his plate and he, and he seems to know it very, very well and be very effective at executing it, which is great. Um, I also opposite of what I mentioned about, um, Wilson earlier, I, I like that I saw a lot of deeper throws, a lot of sideline throws, stuff that I would more expect to see in a professional offense. Um, and he pairs all of that. Uh, and now, like you said, not like the, the strongest arm in the class, but he was he was effective, especially when he could step into his throws. Um, and and he didn't, not the quickest release, but he got the ball away with uh, with with some with some gusto. The what I really liked about him too is that he's very active in the pocket and. You mentioned all the weapons he has. Uh, I see him looking around the field constantly and just being, it seems like he's very good at progressing through his reads. He does it quickly and he's able to find one of those guys to throw to. And it wasn't all, it was Devontae Parker a lot. I'm sorry, not Devontae Parker, Devonta Smith a lot, mm-hmm. but it was also the, the, the Menchie, I think is like the third, fourth guy. It was the tight end. It was Najee Harris. He, he was good at, at using all of his weapons. And, and I saw him fit some of those throws into very tight windows too, which is always impressive to me. Again, kind of the opposite of Wilson, where Wilson seemed to always be hitting a guy wide open without much defender coverage. And then you saw some of these throws that Mac Jones made where he, you're kind of like, how the heck did he get that ball in there? But he just managed to, to squeeze it in there. Um, now, as, as far as the things that on the bad side, he does seem to have a little bit of a shot put motion. And, and actually, I, I really want to hear your opinion on this, Jorge, because I, I was struggling with the c- comparison. Like, what does this guy remind me of? And I, I'm not saying this from a skill set standpoint, but just for like when I watch him play, kind of reminds me of Kurt Warner with like a little bit of that, like shrugged, like stance. He's kind of like, you know, just, it just kind of reminded me of Kurt. And and when you go and watch him next time, or, or like, let me know what you think about that. Because I was just like, man, it just, it just can't shake this, this feeling where he's maybe it's like the really big shoulder pads or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
But, um, you know, so going back to things that, that, that I don't love, sometimes it seemed like he had this, this tendency to backpedal. Um, like if he was getting pressure, uh, cause he's not the most elusive guy. Uh, he's, he's not nearly as athletic as all any of the guys that we've talked about so far. Um, again, Kurt Warner, uh, shades of Kurt Warner on that one. Um, but he seemed like he kind of got in the backpedaling mode, which is, is not never something you really want to see with a, with a quarterback. Um, and so that I think is ultimately going to like hold him down. And in today's NFL is, is you, you, you need at least to be like a superstar, you need to be athletic. Um, you need to be able to work outside of the pocket. You need to be able to do the scramble drill and, and pull some Tony Romo stuff every now and then. And, and I'm not sure Mac can really do that. Um, I think he really needs a solid line around him. I think he need, or he needs to be in a system like, uh, like a new Orleans, um, or a Tampa Bay where, they're going to run a spread concept a lot of the time. And, and he's going to be, it's going to be about get, finding the right guy, getting the ball out to them with some accuracy, but not asked to do a heck of a lot of the, the running around and, and the way that Tom and, and Drew have been able to be successful for so many years. That's uh, I like, you know, and I'm still kind of processing the Kurt Warner comp. And <laughs> I think it's, I mean, just from the feet and the way and the movement. Yes. Uh, I can see that I, I, uh, you know, the, the thing that I liked about him, I mean, he, he did seem, I, I, I liked when he was making the progression, but there were sometimes when he was hitting the, when he was throwing on the first read, I mean, he was hitting guys perfectly. And I mean, I know it helps when you got a Heisman trophy winner out there, uh, right. you know, catching balls from you, but he's still got to, someone's still got to get him the ball. And so, and, and I think he, I, I think he threw a, a, a nice ball. I mean, obviously it's not going to be with the velocity of someone like a, a like a Wilson or, a, uh, or, La or Lance or Lawrence, but I mean, I thought it would, I thought he still threw a good ball. I think he was, I don't think he was, uh, he's not going to be, he's nowhere near the athlete of the first four guys that we talked about. Right. Um, but I think he was athletic enough and to 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 be able to make some plays i think he is a guy that we want to see get into the right concept uh the 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 right kind of system get get good coaching and you mentioned new orleans i think i think i think he could do well in new orleans if he lasted that long to pick you know into the into the late 20s on the picks uh i think that would be uh, that that would be wonderful i mean i just i i you know he just he he looked you know, it, it's hard not to look back, not to look good in that offense. But again, you know, right. you still have to, you still have to make the plays. Someone still have to get them, get in there. And I, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued at what he's going to do. Uh, I think he's a guy to, uh, are you picking him in, you know, maybe late first round in dynasty or maybe second, depending it, on, it, depending I on mean, where it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it's at that point, I, the, now the, as we'll talk about, when we when we get back together and talk about some of the other the other uh, positions, there's there's a lot of talent in this in this draft, and so I being if you're in a super flex league where quarterbacks are super valuable, I think it I think it ultimately depends on the landing spot because mm -hmm. if it's if it's hey if he's in a position where he is clearly being groomed, like if he does land in Tampa Bay for example, he's clearly going to be in line to start after Tom Brady. Sure, take a late first on him, um, and 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 you know, hope that pays dividends. But for me, I think he's more of like a second round guy for me mm -hmm. personally. Um, given that he doesn't, he doesn't look like he's going to be walking into a starting job or something that's going to be starting in the next year um, or two near year or two. And, and given that he has some of those, those limitations physically uh, in today's NFL, part of that is also me thinking that people are going to assume Hey, this is a guy who had all the talent around him and, and not think very highly of Mac Jones. And so I think he slides. I think I could probably get him in the second versus having to take him in the first, but that's just, I mean, it all comes down to what happens on draft day. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, it's uh, totally the fit. The totally fit. So then that last guy that we're going to do a big breakdown on uh, who got, who got some, uh, some heat was Kellen Mond uh, out of Texas A&M. Uh, and, and he really kind of started to get some attention when Chris Sims called him out and put him in, in, in his, in his uh, top six quarterbacks and saying, and he put a first round grade on him. And I, you know, one of the things that I looked at him, 
I, I looked at some film on him. I, I really, I was impressed with his arm. I, I was really impressed with his arm. I mean, there was not a lot of loft in the balls. There was a lot of, you know, the, the, the throw had a lot of zip to it. It had a lot of velocity. I, I very impressed. He seemed to have good feet. I mean, obviously he's in a, a big time program at Texas A&M. So he's playing great. Uh, you know, he's making NFL throws against uh, Alabama and LSU and those great defenses. What, what are some of your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head with the, the arm strength, like, and, and his arm talent is, is apparent when you turn it on and you see him throw for the first time. And actually, I really like, this is such a simple thing, but it's not something that every quarterback does, but I just really like his mechanics and the way that, you know, when he gets the ball from the center, it's immediately up at his chest or, and he's, or he's got it up even higher and he's ready to throw the ball immediately. If you, if you threw a one step drop play, if that, if you just wanted to do that, he'd be ready to, to, to launch at 20 yards. Um, and he has the arm talent to actually do that. Um, he, he fits balls into some tight windows a la Mac. We talked about Mac Jones, which I, I like to see. Um, he flashes good, quick decision-making. Um, he seems to be uh, aware of, of what the defense is. If the defense is blitzing somebody, he seems to be aware and able to find the open guy. He is athletic uh, enough, I would say, but he, he is not elite near those top three guys or four guys that we talked about. Um, but I did see some, some bad things on tape that I think make push him to me more into a day two um, kind of prospect. And, and probably for me, a guy I'd be willing to take a flyer on in the third round, but I'm probably not going to open up my, my wallet for the second round on in a dynasty draft. And the thing specifically are when I watched him, um, like in, I watched his tape against Bama and his, his tape against LSU, I didn't see him complete one deep ball. Mm. I saw a lot of quick hits, uh, pushing people, uh, hitting people in the flat, um, now, since some of that was him showing off some of that excellent awareness where I saw him looking at a first read down the field, not see, seeing he didn't have it, but then knowing that there was a guy in the flat and, and knowing more or less that he was uncovered behind him, mind you, and then turning and firing it over and they got a, a, a great a great pickup. But I, I didn't see that ability to complete the deep ball that I want to see. Um, his ball placement itself was kind of up and down. There was he was streaky, you know, like he have, he'd have times where, like I said, he fit in a tight window and you're like, man, he just like, just like perfect. You couldn't have placed that ball better. And then there's times where he's got a guy on a fourth and three where all he needs to do is put the ball into the guy's chest to, as he runs a, a drag to get the first down and he throws it behind him and the guy doesn't make the play for him. And, and that's tough to put fully on Kellen Mond, but that's something you just got to hit, you know? Um, and, and going back to one of the comments I made earlier on Lawrence, I noticed um, well, they, were, they played UNC in their bowl game. And there's a, there's a clip about five minutes into uh, this, this particular reel where he steps up in the pocket and he puts, um, and again, the play's kind of breaking down and he, he sees a guy deep who's kind of like a little bit one-on-one -on -one with a safety or something like that. And he puts the ball up and he gets a big completion. But the difference between mond and a guy like lawrence is lawrence throws it into the space in front of his receivers so his receiver can go get it and chris continues to create separation from the the, the d-back mond throws it up and it kind of becomes a 50 50 ball the player make the receiver makes the play they get the they get the completion but that awareness that lawrence has to throw it to the space is not something or I, in this particular instance i is not what and what mond ended up doing he just ended up kind of throwing it up and so, and, and those are the little things that make a big difference in the NFL and, and just kind of like give you a sense of, you know, I guess like the old adage is some guys are out there playing chess while the rest of them are playing checkers, right? You know, like uh, it was a little bit of a checkers move on, on Mon's part. So <laughs> I, I, I love the arm talent. I think he, he's got that piece of it, but he's definitely a developmental piece for me. And he's dead. And so for, for that, I'd, I'd, if again, all we're doing this early before people get put on team. So it's hard to say, would I take him? Do I think there's a chance? I also liked guys who, um, uh, what was the, uh, Jake Fromm out of Georgia mm -hmm. last year. And he ended up going sitting in Buffalo. And now he's sitting behind not only Josh Allen, but now Mitch Trubisky. So 
I would have drafted him last year, but you know, he's never going to play. <laughs> <laughs> so now that I know he's on Buffalo, he's never going to play. Um, so the Mons that kind of guy for me, he's, he, he can clearly throw the ball. Um, he, he, with the NFL training, he could be, he could be a really good, uh, a really good player, but I think it's going to take a couple of years to get there. And I'm not sure he's going to get a chance to start, um, anytime soon. Yeah. I think it might, it, it's going to be at least a year, maybe two years. Just he's a developmental player. I mean, yeah, he's got good raw talent, but, uh, and it's also going to depend on his, his, opportunity may depend on his draft capital if he's a second or third round guy it might it, you know yes he gets that if he's any later than that uh, or even like starting with the third round that he might not be someone that they look to really think oh okay you know is is, is he a guy who could be a starter or is he a guy who's going to be a Gardner Minshew type who's just going right. to be you know kind of yeah. a, a guy you know a guy to get you to a Trevor Lawrence Nick Trevor Lawrence in a couple of years so, right. um, I know you mentioned, you, you put a couple other guys on our, uh, on the dock. Uh, do you want to give a quick hits on, on a couple of those guys? Yeah. Yeah. Let's run some quick slants on these. Uh, so there's a couple guys that, um, are, are getting talked a lot, uh, talked about a lot, but I've watched tape on them and I'm, I'm 95% sure they're both going to the trap this year. Um, <laughs> but KJ Costello at, uh, Miss, uh, Mississippi state, and Shane, I'm not going to be able to say this guy's last name, but Shane Bouchel. Uh, you got it. SMU. You got um, it. So KJ Costello, uh, he's breaking records at, at Mississippi State. And, and he's very, I, I, I graded him and Mond, um, net, like kind of back to back. And I had Costello a little, a little above Mond uh, by like 0.2 or 0.3. And he, he has the same kind of arm talent that Mond has. I think he's a better pure thrower, actually, than, than Mond is. Um, and I think he does a better job at placing the ball than Mon does. I see him, saw him make some of the NFL throws. The, the, the thing about that keeps KJ Costello like down in the grades is he's like really not fast. Like, oh uh, man, I can't remember. Do you remember the guy who was, um, who played at Arkansas? Ryan Mallett. Ryan oh, Mallett. Yes. Like that kind of slow, like just totally unathletic <laughs> in that sense. But he's just, he just wasn't fast at all. But, again in the right team in a developmental situation where he gets can play uh, similar we were talking about mac jones and another spread concept or in, a, in an offense like with bruce arians um i think he could he could be an interesting developmental guy and i'd be willing to i would take a shot on him if, if especially if he slips off everyone else's radar i would i would and they're not talking about him i would grab him with uh you know fourth the fourth late fourth or fifth round pick is just like a what the heck like dart throw and i think that uh i think i think he could potentially pay dividends down the road and then shane is is a former texas recruit uh who actually won the starting job his freshman year over uh won the start it it, it, freshman year he he eventually lost it then to sam uh erlinger who we didn't talk about in this episode but it's also coming out um and, but he ended up transferring to SMU. Um, his father, uh, this, this, uh, I, I, here's the thing. I, I watched this guy play and I saw, um, I saw a scrappiness that I just really liked. I just really liked how scrappy he was. And he, he kind of, he, he was really like really effective at making that guy miss uh, that, that free rush defender and like scrambling out and making something out of nothing. And so he, He's just fun to, he's kind of fun to watch. And like, I'm rooting for this guy to end up with an opportunity, like kind of like Romo did back with the, the Cowboys way back when, where mm-hmm. nobody knew who he was. And like you said, he's, he's like, he's that Gardner Minshew type who, who comes in in the wake of an injury or, or as a bridge. And then people are like, this guy can actually play. Uh, I, I kind of like to think of him as like the new Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like he, like uh. now that Ryan's kind of on his, his last leg seventh round pick from Harvard, like maybe Shane can kind of be that guy uh, who's just totally overlooked and, and forgotten about and, and ends up um, doing something. So I, I just for the fun of it, I was like, you know, my if I had like the last pick of the last round, Mr. Mr. Irrelevant, I would I would take Shane just just for the heck of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you mentioned his dad, you know, being an 11 year major leaguer, he played third base uh, for the Rangers, Pirates and Cubs. And I, actually, I saw uh, PFF made the, put the note out there. He was actually roommates with John Elway in college. So at Stanford. So 
go, go figure. Yeah. So maybe some of that rubbed off on, maybe, maybe somehow it makes it that makes it down downstream to Shane, a little bit of that. So that, that'd be awesome. I love that. I love what you mentioned about the, the Fitz magic comp, because I mean, the, the world needs more Fitz magic in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And now we get it. We get it with the Washington football team. Uh, <laughs> That'll be fun. That'll be well. That's that's gonna yeah. be another one, another thing that we talk about. Um, I think I think I, I you know I think that does it for the quarterbacks. I mean, for for us, I mean, it's all the guys that could be drafted. Uh, Mi amigo, uh, this is fun. I, I I mean, I'm I'm so glad we were able to catch up like this and just uh, you yeah, know absolutely. do this and talk about talk some football. Uh, we're gonna try and do this a couple more times before the draft. Um, do some running backs, do some receivers down the line, and uh, and you know just kind of get get our familia uh, listening. Jordan, uh, first off, tell us uh, where they can find you. Yeah, um, I, if you want, I'm on Twitter at, at Jordan B Trades. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a great follow on Twitter because I, I, haven't, I haven't had much time to be active on it. But um, as, as things ramp up here, uh, definitely on uh, Jordan B. Trades, if, uh, if you want to follow along and, uh, and, and, and play along with the NFL side of things. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jorge. It's, it's super fun. I love talking about this sort of stuff and really excited to see. I mean, this is one of the best times of the year coming up here when you start to see who your team has gotten, um, what new weapons your quarterback might have to play with. And um, it's, it's super, super fun for me. So I appreciate you having me on and uh, hopefully the, the familia uh, enjoys as well and gets a good tip or two out of this and uh, helps them win their fantasy league. Oh, well, gracias. Uh, gracias, my friend. And everybody, that's all for our show. Uh, thanks again to Anchor for being our hosting network and making sure our independent podcast gets out into the Familia community. Uh, please make sure you subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, make sure to find original content at FamiliaFFB.com. And remember, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FamiliaFFB. You can find me at Jorge Martin 17 And don't forget our Familia FFB Facebook page. Uh, Jordan, gracias otra vez. I'm looking forward to the next time. And everybody, remember, todos somos familia.